Happy Friday, Troublemakers. It's July 22nd. We're feeling good. It's been a really productive week so far. Today we're talking about Amazon Doctors, the return of the rebate, and ditching the steering wheel and the brake pedal and the gas pedal. And everywhere I go, just the people really want to know who I am. We don't need those things. Don't need all that. I don't need those things anymore. <laughs> I, you know what shocks me about this today's episode? If you're a show notes reader, which like apparently about one percent of all podcast listeners are, so we thank you to the one percent. Maybe we can get that uh, to two percent. Check out the show notes today. Just today, we actually Check put time and energy notes. into them. You could actually just because read them. Exactly, because they are dynamic. They are filled with information. There's no way we're going to be able to read 100% of the things that we put in the show notes. And not just that, but in the second story that I can't wait to get to, it's like, it's like Rusty West. You'll learn who Rusty West. He just like, he had like eight grenades in his pocket right here. And he's been saving them for somebody to just ask him the question. (laughs) He was like, chink, chink. It's like, the, kept going it's like when you video. ask somebody the, que- the question and then just like it all comes out, <laughs> right? And, and you're like, like oh, oh, you've been saving that. That's, been, that's been in there for a minute, <laughs> right? Oh, man, that's we have good. a few things to talk about first before we get into the news. Our new podcast with Michael Cirillo, Auto Collabs, is live episode 00. It's a full-length episode. You can search your favorite podcast platform, Auto Collabs, C-O-L-L-A-B-S, and we had an insane time doing episode 00, and we have dozens of interviews coming your way with perspectives you haven't heard, um, some insightful thoughts, and just some amazing, amazing guests in this industry. So check that out. If you haven't subscribed, we're going to start releasing episodes, I think, next week, and there's going to be a lot of them. So there's going to be something for everybody. Um, yes. Hey, do we want to talk about some some Asotocon speakers we haven't talked about? Have we read a list? We don't have a list Look. ready. We the have 70, is... 70 plus. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about, here's one we could talk about. Oh, we don't have a picture. Who here knows the name Jason Stein? Ooh, if you know the one. name Jason Stein, if you've been in the industry for a minute, you know that Jason Stein was the publisher of Automotive News, went off now, he's leading uh, Motor Minds, has his own amazing podcast, and um, he's going to be at a SotoCon. he's going to be hosting some panels, he's going to be there to talk, and just one of the Man, one of the smartest people in the industry. I had the opportunity to meet him at an auto news conference when he was in charge, and I, I pulled him aside. He graciously gave me a few minutes before he knew who he, even I was, and it was awesome. And I asked him, I said, what do you think is the biggest opportunity for the automotive industry to advance in? And this was like five years ago. He goes, to be seen as a technology industry. There he is. We got a speaker wow, slide up. That That's quick. Well done. There you go. You probably recognize the face and the baby blues. Um, and he said... People need to see automotive as a technology industry. And that was like five years ago, and he was right on the dang money. You know what's crazy? I had a call, just a little 20-minute call, with a VC firm out of California on Wednesday. They randomly reached out because of profile and all this type of stuff. And they were like, you know what we've really realized over the past 24 months is that the technology landscape in automotive is extremely attractive. They've never invested in automotive before, but they are seeing like their that's exciting. So what he said five years ago, these VC companies and pre-seed companies are really looking at auto going, yep, the technology landscape there is where we want to be. So we're going to try to dig up that clip. That clip is somewhere on social media somewhere years ago. We're going to try to find that. 
um, and hey, bring that. I'm gonna give you another one. I'm gonna give you another one. So for a lot of people, especially on LinkedIn, Facebook even, uh, they've been watching the rise of this guy named Duran Cage. And Duran has over the past year and a half become a close friend of mine. And he is one that is always ready and willing to not just like say the hard things, but speak his mind, but he does it with like an intelligence and empathy and oh, care. Yeah you know, for especially across like the sales process and the way that we engage customers. Um, and so I'm excited to have him Heck in one yeah. of our fireside chats. Uh, yeah, he's going to be coming. I'm sure his wife will be there, which um, from uh, if you know, Duran, uh, everyone's like, yo, I love you, but I'm going to chat with you. Paige is the sizzle, man. <laughs> you get Paige, Paige in the room. Great. You're like, oh, I see why actually everybody comes in this direction because she's awesome. Yes. And Duran exactly. Cage, I've labeled him the Denzel of the automotive industry. And when it's if so we true. flash this picture, you see this post later on social media, you'll understand exactly why. Look, get your tickets to a SotoCon so you can meet all these amazing people in person. That's the cool thing about auto collabs is everyone we're interviewing is actually also going to be at a SotoCon. So you're gonna fall in love with them there. Yeah. You can come hang out with them at a SotoCon. We still have tickets, get them at a SotoCon and you'll see a list of uh, a portion of the speakers, but we have a lot to go. Um, right after this live stream, we are heading into David Long's All Things Used Cars Room, All Things Used Cars Room, powered by a Sodu. And uh, we have DJ Smokey Smoke, a.k.a. most of you know him as Jonathan Smoke, chief economist at Cox <laughs> Automotive. He visits us about once a month, and he's going to talk about his the recent economic report. And, man, that, that man just spills insights uh, when he shows up. And they're going to be like 150 other dealers and people in the room. Without a doubt. Yeah. So check that I, I'm out. I'm super excited for that Always. conversation. So if you listen to this after, you should finish this podcast and then roll straight to listen to that on Clubhouse. We link it in our emails and all that stuff. So yep. make sure you find those insights. And if you're hearing this later, you can check the replay too. And listen at 1.5 yep. speed. All right, let's talk about some news. Who is ready to go to an Amazon-owned doctor? <laughs> You know, they're one step closer. With this move, Amazon is getting deeper into medical care, announcing their merger with One Medical, which is a subscription-based medical, uh, like primary care physician service, $3.9 billion, their largest deal ever. And all I can think about is how this moves Amazon one step closer to being B&L from the Disney movie Wally. Right? <laughs> I'm not even gonna get a word in. Everything you're saying is like, right? <laughs> I it's just imagine everybody sitting in these chairs in the future, right? And Amazon right. just taking care of us, like feeding us smoothies. And feeding us smoothies. And we're like, beep, beep, beep. And we order something <laughs> and it gets there in 2.2 minutes <laughs> instead of 2.2 days. And yeah, it's just going to be unbelievable. Here's what's interesting. Um, because, you know, obviously Amazon has gotten into a ton of different verticals, which is uh, something actually a lot of the public doesn't even know when you when you actually look into what Amazon is doing behind the scenes and a lot of like B2B relationships that B2C uh, relationships don't even understand are happening on the back end. This is a this is a big B2C uh, relationship. So business to customer that they're that they're exploring. And I think that the 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 stat was something like this is a four trillion dollar industry that accounts for 20 percent of the uh, of the GDP of the U S right. 20, and wow. it, it's unbelievable how, how much, uh, this type of uh, announcement 
like broadens the scope of their ability ability for profit. Um, so I think that there's only one reason why they did it. <laughs> you got me with that one. <laughs> oh man! So one medical. Um, I, I went and looked at the site this morning and researching this article. I was like, man, this place sounds amazing. Like they really did do seem to have address or at least understand the pain points in medical care and you're talking about like a digital first experience with ability yep. to book same and next day appointments on-site labs like it seems you pay 199 a year which seems way too cheap for something like this but maybe it's like a, the costco model um so they have um they operate currently in 19 markets 100 plus uh physical locations across the country now amazon had healthcare um initiatives with actually berkshire hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase, they did some kind of collab in 2018. They disbanded it in 2021. I guess they couldn't get it to work. But um, Amazon already offers healthcare to 1.1 million people called Amazon employees. Something called Amazon ah. Care. So how, they bought like they bought. Um, I can't remember. I don't have it in the show notes. They bought uh, like an online pharmacy, and then they yep. like probably in this. So I think if you work for Amazon, you like they take care of your health too ish yeah yeah they not just like provide you a health plan they actually take care of your health they are the health right? plan the, they are the health plan which is smart it's it's literally like i mean reinsurance actually <laughs> you know what's interesting is a, a lot of companies are moving to this like um self-insurance mm -hmm. uh you know policy just because it saves costs and is typically a little bit more efficient from an approval perspective um and so you know you think about large companies at this scale being able to do that but i do think you know recognizing that that that's an opportunity for for not just profit but customer care and here's here's the thing i know i i played the must be the money uh thing and I, you know, Amazon approaches customers with a certain level of care, but think about the data that is associated well, with. That's the big question, care. right? That's that's why the alarm bells are going off. Um, a lot of one medical customers taking their grievances to Twitter. Uh, I'll read a couple. Here's one. Amazon has spent the last five years methodically squandering the earned trust needed for customers to embrace an acquisition like this. This is disappointing mm. on many axes. My cancellation request has been submitted to one medical. Here's another one. I'm going to need an explainer, an explicit contract around what data Amazon will or will not have access to from one medical. This feels like be a big yikes from a privacy standpoint. Love one medical, but I'm probably out. So, hey, this is a whole different layer of data. It's like your most private information. And to, to think and believe, you know, I doubt Amazon's going to use any of this information to drive commerce or build my profile out or suggest me anything. Like, I don't know if there's anybody that believes that. But look, the right. bottom line, if we can learn anything about the consumer is like it's this constant trade-off of privacy for convenience and pretty much convenience usually wins that one that's exactly right and we start to learn how quickly how how little privacy we actually have no doubt no doubt bring you us in bring us into saying. the rebate story kyle <laughs> i know what you're saying <laughs> i'm like kyle i don't want them to have access to my phone book kyle's like they already do because everyone else gave them access so they can reverse engineer it <laughs> bingo bingo exactly well this next story is i think like for one the person that was interviewed here and that leads the story, well, we talked about the grenades thrown, but 
when you think about the access to the the level of data that market scan a company so if you don't know the company market scan they provide the majority of rebates incentive um even uh even like rates and uh, terms. They provide the majority of that to the premier desking and digital retailing solutions in the country. Um, it's essentially a, a race between them and AIS. So that's um, the, the CDK version of, uh, you know, for re- or sorry, not CDK, the Cox version um, to, to like ex- to get rebates and incentives and rates and programs into these software. So when you think about the access to data that they have, not just current, but historical data on how rebates and, and all of those things flow from the OEM to the dealer, to the consumer, they know what's going on. So Rusty West um, kind of threw out the, these, some of these ideas around the potential and most likely return of not just the rebate, that's kind of the headline of this, but it's also the rebate. It's the inventory. Uh, that's it's the way that uh, that manufacturers will press into wholesaling vehicles to dealers. Um, and gosh, we're gonna have to read a couple of these quotes because I can't even explain no, how you dialed can't, in. You can't summarize them exactly. They are right. And, and so I like the way you just set up the validity of the opinion, right? Because a lot of people right. will pop off and say, "This is gonna happen," and "This is gonna happen," and "This is gonna happen." Rusty has access to incredible amounts of data. He's been a 35-year auto veteran. He's, he talks about things happening in seven-year cycles, and every seven years something crazy happens in automotive. And then he's like, I've seen five of these, right? And I think mm. he said, like, they process, like, everyone's like, billions of transactions a day like yes, rates and delivery all right so setting it up that way go ahead kyle I'll let you read some of these because i'm gonna sip on this <laughs> so i'm gonna sip so on the troublemaker the, yeah, you're like you're like <laughs> so here's like the lead quote that we put in here and and the reason being is because it sets up everything else it says right now there's scant inventory which we all know dealers are making more money than they know what to do with and manufacturers are stoked because they don't have to offer rebates without a doubt and he ends that with, but that will change. And I think that's been a question on, on a lot of like dealers and industry partners' mind. Are we going to continue this like low day supply, right? Agency model is on everyone's day on everyone's mind. You know, low day supply, high inventory turn, low access to any sort of rebates or incentives, high um, high lease incentive, high lease, leasing uh, money factors, um, and and probably not. And so here's here's like the next thing. First, manufacturers are sitting on millions of vehicles they can't deploy, referring to these partially built vehicles uh, that that can't get out there. When the microchip shortage ends, predictions on what that might occur may vary. And those vehicles are fully built. What will automakers do next is the question. And it says they don't have a choice because and this is this is one thing that I didn't think about is they're paying unions to build these vehicles, which these unions are saying we need our people in operation more often. So it's more complex than just what they want to do. There's multiple angles that are coming at how quickly we're going to get these vehicles put out into the inventory ecosystem. And just the fact that they're sitting on ground inventory right now that they just can't deliver to the dealer because of chip shortages is mind boggling. I think we need to start a new, a new segment called eloquent quotes from auto (laughs) folks, right? Eloquent quotes from (laughs) auto folks. And here's his response. Cue the music. We don't have it. But he says, I think they'll take a giant ramrod and shove them down dealers' throats. 
That's cold-blooded. <laughs> That's eloquent quotes from automotive folks right there. He is, he's like, look, Kyle, you and I are in calls with dealers all day long. And how many dealers have we talked to where we've brought up, yeah, I know, but, we, you know, this is like a new, a new era of properly managed inventory supply. And everyone kind of looks at us and goes, come on, you don't really believe that, do you? Like, <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. The minute these automakers, because automakers make money on wholesaling vehicles, right? They don't make money on the retail. And that's why they're missing out on, that's why they feel like they're missing out on so much of the retail profit right now. But the only way to get back profitably quickly without completely shifting their model is to drive more wholesaling, mm -hmm. not more retail. Oh, man. And so then they depend on the dealer for the retailing side. And so the only way to drive up profitability is to wholesale more cars to the dealer. Uh, we'll read what one are more. they going to go read the show notes. This is a great Ward's Auto article. The interview is fantastic. Um, he says most of the OEMs are not building vehicles at the volume they need to find efficiencies at their facilities. But if you proceed on the assumption that eventually auto manufacturing will normalize and the industry gets everything it needs to build as many vehicles as it wants to build, then you have a free market environment again. So we want to know what you think about this. We know there are no shortage of opinions. You can go to crew, C-R-E-W, at a so2.com. Let us know your thoughts, and I think we'll probably get a few, and we'll publish some of them, give you some credibility, give you a little microphone, and see if you can come up with your own eloquent quote from automotive folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look, Paul, speaking of shortages of items. Segway. Time. GM and Ford are actually asking litigation to be passed to literally not put things that you would expect <laughs> to be put in cars. They're like, please, they're like, they're please, like, please. Yeah, we haven't put things in cars anyways for two years. We're just going to rip out the gas pedal, the brake, the steering wheel too, and just, you know, be done with those supply chain issues. They're going to be on subscription now. I'm just <laughs> 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 no, no, no. So these three companies, they want to release about 2,500 vehicles for ride sharing and delivery services using their self-branded, you know, autonomous technology. Ford wants to deploy uh, self-driving ride hailing and package delivery, basically. And they say having active controls, right? Gas pedal, brake pedal, steering wheel. Having active controls would introduce an unacceptable risk to safety, right? So they're like, hey, it's going to no driver in there. So... If there's no driver that we put in there, we don't think anybody should have the ability to move that car. It just feels so weird, man. It feels and so weird. <laughs> but I, I get it. There's a whole complexity to this because, because now you have to fault the manufacturer or the operator of the vehicle if there's any issues that happen At when all. that vehicle is being driven. At all. I mean, there's no – I just cannot see a way these manufacturers have the level of – insurance necessary to handle the amount of issues that might come into play when it comes to these vehicles 2500 vehicles coming across the line that are completely autonomous with no ability for intervention from a human it's it's right like is there a kill switch like that but even Probably. that's but even that's like you think about a kill switch in a vehicle like that like on the little red button underneath the thing right but you're like even that it's like i don't know there are smart people trying to figure this. What company delivers pizzas? Is it Domino's? They have that little pizza car. 
Yeah, they have the little cart thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that yep. I mean, that's a lot. It's smaller than a car, but I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like at Disney World and, like, in the Atlanta airport, like, there are things you drive. I mean, Atlanta airport's on a track. Let's, let's be honest. Right. And there's no cross yeah. traffic. No, not at all. No, so, I mean, look, this is fun to talk about. I think it'll eventually come to pass, but, you know, we can't even, we can't get... If you ever been in a Tesla and like you get to a, a lane change or a merge, it gets a little dicey. If just if right. you ask me, <laughs> it gets a little dicey. So I don't know. No steering wheel, no brake pedal. We'll see what happens. But hey, it's just the news. We just report the news. We don't make it. So um, all that being said, we're about to hop into the All Things Used Car Clubhouse room. We've had an amazing time with you this week. We're going to be in the internet. Follow us on LinkedIn. We got a lot of stuff going down there. And always send us emails. Interact with us because we're always listening and watching. And we might just post your stuff.